0: Jessica Spicer,
1: Nathan Epstein, Adam Raylan, Jordan Weymouth, Ben Farsi, Tom Hall, Mike Crawley, and so much more. Welcome to Nick's Golf Guy Podcast, Round Twenty Seven. The podcast designed for average golfers like me. I'm really excited about this round of Nick's Golf Guy Podcast, and glad you could join me. On this round of the podcast, I will be sitting down with Virginia Tech lady golfer, Becca D'Annunzio. Miss D'Annunzio is in her senior year playing for the Hokies and with great success. Originally from Portsmouth, Virginia, her highlights from her collegiate career include claiming the women's title for the GCAA Kings Mill Amateur in Williamsburg, Virginia, finishing third overall in the co-ed event in the fall of 2020. 2021 season, Becca was one of the first ever Hokies golfers to be named All-ACC. And this past year, in 2022, she finished second on the team in scoring average, had four top 20 finishes on the year, and scored her lowest round of 66 at the Ruth Chris Tarheel Invitational, where she finished six under par and tied for third. So join me as I sit down with Becca to further discuss her golfer journey and what her future golf plans might be here on Next Golf Guy Podcast. This is my latest round uh, installment of The Golfer Journey, an in-depth conversation with golfers who are making a difference in the game here in coastal Virginia and beyond. And with that, I would like to introduce my very special guest on this round, The Golfer Journey, Virginia Tech lady golfer, Becca D'Annunzio. Becca, how are you today?
0: I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks I'm, for having me.
1: Sure. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. So we're going to uh, be talking about your... Golfer journey here uh, in a moment. Before we get started, I'd like to know you had a great fall season for the Hokies. Is there a highlight that comes to mind that you'd like to share with us?
0: Yes, uh, the highlight comes early in the season when we played over in Tennessee, and I had um, some really good rounds going, and um, just except for an unfortunate double and a hole, and I had made a lot of birdies, and so. I came in sixth, so it was one of my top finishes um, as a hokey. I got a good top ten to start the fall, um, so that kind of gave me some momentum. Um, but I wish I had done a little bit better on the next three, but they're all learning experiences and really just to figure out where my game's at and what I need to work on in the winter for the spring.
1: Well, fantastic. Good, good. Uh, unfortunately, today's not a very good day to <laughs> find that out. It's a little, a little rainy here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, so let's go back onto the timeline of your golfer journey and tell us uh, who got you involved with golf. How did that whole whole thing begin?
0: Um, I'd say it's my mom. When I was a little kid, I always was gravitated towards um, the golf course. I grew up in Portsmouth, Virginia, for some time, and in City Park they have a, a, a kids park, and then there's a little golf course right next to it. And she would find me running off and trying to play on the on the putting green <laughs> instead of playing like on the slides and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so she's like, "That was interesting." But then I grew up as a military child. My dad's in the Navy, so we moved to Hawaii and she wanted me to try as many activities as possible and one of that those being golf um, she saw that i had a little bit of an interest in it and they had a really good kids program being in hawaii and um so you're you
1: around there sure.
0: <laughs> you can you can and she, it was something I, I could stay busy while she was doing other things when my dad was deployed or um so but as soon as i Took up those kids' lessons. I, that's all I wanted to do. Uh huh. Um, so. So
1: that's when you kind of got bit by the golf bug <laughs> at a young age, and and that was when you you decided that this was a yeah, game you wanted to pursue.
0: Definitely, and some of it like I don't even remember. So it was such an innate, natural um, thing that I just really fell in love with, right. and luckily I had my mom to support me and push me and uh, pursue that um, as we moved from Hawaii. Then to Belgium, um, we were stationed there, and we she wasn't sure about signing me up and going off to some uh, Belgian golf course because we didn't speak French yet. And <laughs> um, But on base, they had these uh, little golf lessons, and we met um, a re- really nice man from Scotland, and he had mentioned, he's like, you have a really good golf swing for being uh, – eight years old I right. think I was at the time he's like you really should come out to this golf course we have this pro and so there I kind of started I don't know if I was serious about it but I was like okay I can actually be good at this it's not just like a little hobby I I'm doing right I want
1: to leave it to a scotchman to, to spot to spot golf <laughs> talent was- when he sees it huh
0: Yeah, I I really attribute a lot to that moment, him kind of talking to my mom and saying, oh, well, we've got this golf course over here, and, um, you know, I can show you what, introduce her to the pro over there. And I got to play with older kids Uh and learn the handicap system, and I was trying to get a lower and lower handicap each time. Um, But then eventually we moved to the United States, and – to Norfolk. And that was when I was in middle school. So um, then I met some pros over here and got lessons and started signing up for national tournaments. And that's where I really started getting competitive.
1: Right. And so you went to Granby High School over in Norfolk, yes. Virginia. Did you, you you played there as well? Um, how did your game progress while you were at, uh, at Granby at the high school level?
0: At Granby, it was difficult because we had a very small golf team, um, so it was it was more so individual. Like we had a team, and and we went out and played. But I had to go out and like all all golfers do when you you try and get recruited, you have to go and play in your own uh, tournaments outside high school golf. Um, but slowly but surely, I kind of signed up for those, and I would travel and. Um, just improve my rankings uh-huh. on the junior golf circuit. Um, but I did ha- have help from the high school tournaments. Those were really good practice in states. And um, we got to showcase our skills there. Right. But most of it happened in outside tournaments um, through other organizations right. that had ranking systems. Uh-huh. That, and those are where the coaches would come out and recruit and watch you play. So
1: interesting so this whole time when you're in high school uh playing and playing in the tournaments building your ranking was kind of on the top of your your goals, your list of goals uh Mm -hmm. at that time yes so for recruiting purposes or you were kind of really looking to project yourself into the college collegiate rankings is that what your your main goal was with that
0: yeah, from from a young age, from middle school, I really felt like I—that's what I wanted to do—was play college golf. Oh wow! Okay. Um, I think, um, seeing Coach Robertson, she was originally coaching at ODU, and I practiced at Lambert's Point, and I saw her and her players at the time walking in with all their gear and their ODU um, golf uh-huh. bags and. I looked at my mom, I was like, that's what I want to do one day, and just by, by chance, she ended up going to Virginia Tech, uh-huh. and that's I met. A, that, that's interesting. This is where <laughs> yeah. I want to, I kind of yeah, want to cut you, you, can, you off here, because yeah. that's my,
1: my next question. Let's switch clubs a minute. That's fine. So yeah. you've yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've um, you really kind of been working very hard, and during your high school a career you really realized that this is what you wanted to do was go and take mm-hmm. your your game to the next level yes give us a. let's go ahead and we'll get let you get started on that and how you went, did end up at virginia tech so you met coach robertson yeah. at odu and then she went to tech and take it from well, there
0: i don't know if she remembers when we met at <laughs> oh, okay. when i was a little kid at lambert's um but i knew who she was because she was the ODU coach, and so I always looked up to her and would watch how they were doing and what she was doing, and the game of golf. Um, but I was looking at other schools. I um, I went to some golf camps as a kid at certain schools, and I hadn't really narrowed my focus on one school. I I, I wanted to go to a, a school where I knew would challenge me, but also I could play. But I met Elizabeth Bozy, who was on the team. Uh huh. At Virginia Tech? She's on the team at Virginia Tech, Uh and her home course is around here. Okay. And so she kind of became a mentor for me, and that really got Virginia Tech in my mind. I was like, okay, Elizabeth Bozzi goes here. Coach Robertson is there now.
1: Kind of all the signs started started lighting up for you. Yeah, so
0: that's when I really started to pursue Virginia Tech and try and get recruited by Coach.
1: (laughs) Okay, awesome. You go to um, Virginia Tech – uh, and you were 17 at the time, correct? I was, Yeah, yes. yeah. So uh, what was the bi- biggest challenges for you at that time of your golfer journey, uh, joining uh, such a young program at such a young age?
0: hmm There were an abundance of challenges. Um, I think I knew there were going to be a lot of challenges, a lot of adversity, um, but it is a whole new world going from junior golf to college golf. Coaches will say, you know, it, it adds five strokes to your game just because of there's just that natural pressure that you put on yourself or being on part of a team that's there. And then the school and just the outside obligations that you have of being a student athlete. Um, but, and the traveling, you're not really used to being on your own. And you've also got to manage, right, being on your own on the day to day. Right. Like, how am I going to eat today? How am I going to sleep today? It's not your parents making your meals for you. Right. Um,
1: You're kind of out on your own, kind of learning learning the strokes of life, I guess. Yes, right, yes. And right.
0: time management is to a whole new level. Right. Um, so there was definitely a learning curve. I felt like I had some things down from high school because uh-huh. um, I took heavy loads in high school. But the being out on my own and putting so much pressure on myself because I just loved being there and I wanted to do just the absolute best that I could. Right. Um, I kind of, it took a while for me to learn just to kind of let go a little bit and trust my process and not hold on so tightly to the results because they'll come, you know, and.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. We'll get to that a little later. (laughs) That's um, fine. For sure. Uh, So one thing that happened kind of just after your what freshman year was yeah. uh the uh covid uh, yes. I like to call it the covid panic but the pandemic for <laughs> for yeah. what it's worth um and you uh told me that you kind of everybody just kind of went and did their own thing while the while the uh pandemic took its course mm-hmm. and you ended up being named uh 2020 Virginia State Golf Association Women's Golfer of the Year which is pretty impressive What do you think was the deciding factor in your game that led to you winning that award?
0: Um, I was really coming into a really good time um, into my game because I learned so much from that freshman year. And I had, I mean, trials and tribulations, but Mm -hmm. it made me very much stronger. And so COVID happened towards the end of the freshman year. And we had to pack everything up come home and it helped being back home and having that simplicity and having one safety as you know a concern and then to how am I going to keep up with golf which luckily it's outside and <laughs> that um, was the bonus yes yeah. <laughs> so golf was a relatively safe um, thing to keep doing and so I just looked for tournaments to play in I think V.S.G.A. still had tournament so um, I'm not sure at what point they included tournaments again but I think playing in those really helped me continue to improve of what I was learning from freshman year so that that led to some some wins and an amateur golf
1: that's awesome yeah. awesome good to hear good to hear so we' progressed through your through your golfer journey right now where you got the bug pretty early and mm-hmm. uh, gentlemen kind of just pointed you in a direction when you were in in Europe, came back to the States and really kind of just started swinging the clubs and uh, met some people. And now you're at Virginia Tech, right? So I I saw a video of you uh, and you said something that kind of jumped out to me. So I'm gonna kind of, I want you to kind (laughs) of expand on it a little bit. You mentioned in your video, managing your mental state was very important to your game, especially during the 2020 COVID outbreak. Uh, do you feel that you have found managing your mental state is under control more now than it was then? Or do you feel that the mental challenge of your game is an ongoing challenge uh, for you as you continue your competitive golf career?
0: It's it's definitely an ongoing challenge mm-hmm. um, because it's something that you've got to, I believe now that I've got to practice day in and day out is right. being mentally sharp and mentally um, just balanced when it comes to golf and yeah there is because I had a lot of um I mean you name it like performance anxiety stress like um that was all distractions that was getting into my head and adding pressure on myself um for playing but I think just having those experiences and time and talking to my swing coach talking to coaches at tech um sports psychologist at Tech it really helped um, kind of figure out who I was a little bit more and my identity and like what I want to do with golf and I don't know it's just kind of coming into more of a okay like this is my reason that I'm out here like let's um, kind of stay grounded let's take some deep breaths right Um, those were kind of things that let me there's a whole a whole bunch I could get into of things things that helped me mentally but um, yeah it's definitely a work in progress because right. some days you're going to have it and some days you're not yeah and on those days that you don't it's going to feel very stressful but just taking knowing how to manage those a little bit better right um, is what's made a really big difference right
1: sounds like uh, doing the little things but, uh, tweaking those little <laughs> things like taking the breaths you know and mm-hmm. and focusing on your pre-game shot and things like that that's right. interesting. Oh, thanks for sharing that appreciate it. Uh, one thing that you did mention in the past uh, was uh, building your confidence to handle adversity uh, on the golf course during competitive play. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you expand on how you manage that aspect of your game as you mature as a competitive golfer? Yes yeah, so And what would give give me an example of what you would define as adversity? As adversity, yeah. yeah.
0: So when I was younger, I would always hit the panic button, you know, like when things were going wrong and my mind can go to places like, okay, what's wrong with your swing? What, where's my swing gone? Like for some reason it's, I don't have my swing today and all this stuff. Like what's, why is this happening to me? Kind of, um, thought process but and the types of adversity that would you know invoke these thought processes would be getting a plug bunker shot uh-huh. um hitting OB off the tee a
1: plug bunker shot yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm going to have to write this one down a
0: plug bunker like when you hit it in the bunker uh-huh. and it just plugs down oh like a fried egg like, like a fried okay, egg yeah
1: plug bunker i'm going to I'm going <laughs> to use that one okay thank you so
0: when it's just it's just plugged and, and, then, and or you know Odd things will happen under right. pressure. Sure, hitting an OB off off the first tee. You
1: I've know, never done that before.
0: It's or <laughs> or just multiple lip outs in a row, and sure. you're just like can't catch a break. Um, but when those things happen, it's like okay, I can expect it now. Like I tell myself, I don't have to be perfect. Um, it's a very imperfect game. I just have to manage those. Um, the chaos just a little bit right but just expecting the adversity and knowing that when that happens it was supposed to happen and it's just kind of a little bit of a test right. and e- the, even the people that are going to win the tournament are going to have these things happen to them sure sure and, absolutely um,
1: so having that forethought going yeah. into it do you think yeah. you've that that is kind of a process in your in your mental game and your uh you know fighting that adversity and competitive yeah. play is it something that it kind of uh, kind of a matured in your in your in your game and, it and in your mindset.
0: Yes, and it was a it was a progression yeah. because I was like, okay, you know, I can handle adversity. Like, but what does that mean? It's it's to me, I was like, okay, I trust that I I can't just lose my swing after I've put in these amount of reps. Like right. I can look back on my preparation, um, and then also I can take those deep breaths and I can get out of it I can think my way out of a certain situation and then also accepting mm-hmm. I think the acceptance piece is right. a really big deal Whereas I mentioned kind of before I was so holding on tight like I can't get a plug bunker shot that'll ruin my round like that'll make me bogey or double right. to be able to stay in the moment right and to be like you know what I can accept that that's gonna happen but I'm still going to sit sit up here stand up here and look at my target and swing freely because that's what I've practiced. I'm not going to guide it. I'm not going to fear the unknown or fear of that happening because that kind of just makes it more available to happen. Right on. <laughs> um, that's a, that's
1: a great lesson to learn. So
0: I think, but it's very hard. Like I still have days where I, it's hard to accept um, that those shots could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the only way that I can free myself um, to, to play great. Um, it's like, I think Will Zalatoris said something once. He was like, I, I can shoot 65, 64, knowing that I'm OK with giving it my all and shooting 75. So.
1: Excellent. Excellent. That's a good word to live by on the golf course. right? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> so that's great where you are uh, and um, your challenges that you've kind of accomplished. Getting over that adversity on the course and um, building your confidence that way. Uh, I let me switch clubs here real quick. I do have a uh, question I'd like to ask. Who's been your Who's been the biggest influence for you as a golfer?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'd say either my mom or my swing coach, um, Chris George. Um, my mom's. I mean, been there with me the whole time. Is she a golfer, <laughs> um, or did, does she just your, your
1: cheerleader and kind of support network? <laughs> yes, yes, right.
0: and very big support network. I lean on her for so much. Um, both her and and Chris um, at Virginia he, Tech. He is actually at Kingsmill. At Kingsmill, so oh like okay. My swing coach. Okay. Um, so I have co- those coaches at Virginia Tech, and they've. Done a lot to help me develop as a person and uh-huh. uh, with with my golf game because they're there and I'm a part of the team and like they've seen me in tournaments and can help there. But um, on the sidelines, there's my swing coach, and he's what's really helped me develop um, my technique and also the mental side right. of it a lot as well. Oh, okay, um, but mostly on course management and swing and. Um, talking through how to prepare for tournaments. And, and then my mom's right there along my side as well. You know, a shoulder to, to, <laughs> to cry on after the rough, the rough rounds, but also someone to hug when um, I've had the best round. She's always there. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs>
1: awesome. Uh, so now we're at Virginia Tech. You just finished your senior year. You're going back for our fifth year, correct? Yeah, so I have okay.
0: one more semester in my senior year, and then I will take that fifth year so. Okay, from, co- from, <laughs> from, from COVID. COVID.
1: OK, good, good. So um, I spoke with your coach, uh, Carol Robertson, this week. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, she's uh, always <laughs> very friendly, always answers the phone, which is surprising to me yeah. in this case, but absolutely uh, had all kinds of good things to say about you. But one thing she did emphasize that uh, you have grown as a player within the program to really focus on the aspects that you could control as a player and a teammate, as opposed to what you can't control. Uh, How have you been able to kind of internalize those aspects as a player and a teammate?
0: That's a really good question. Um, There are a lot of things that you just cannot control. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so, but really stepping into, okay, I can control my process, what I think and what, um I want to get out of my time, you know here. And like you can't control the weather. You can't control um, random assignments that get thrown at you. It's just how you manage those things that you cannot control. Right. And it takes time and it takes those experiences and people as well, like coach being there with me and being like, okay, let's let's think about it this way. Let's manage this tournament. Um, let's do it this way. Um, just like taking that pressure off because now I know, okay, well, I can't control those things. So let me focus on what I can. And that's making sure I get my sleep, my nutrition and breathing and (laughs) all the little things like we talked about, those little things that you really can control, um, and how you prepare and practice. So Yeah, just really leaning into those things. Uh And so that makes it to where those things that you can't control are less of an, have an effect on you and your results. So I think, I hope that we've kind of worked together on that and bounced ideas off of each other Mm -hmm. um, when we talk and just um, how things are going. And we, we talk as a team too, a lot about that. Right. um, Because everybody
1: else is probably having those same same thoughts and, and. Uh, doubts and frustrations Definitely. and things that's good
0: yeah so yeah and when you're focusing on the things that you can control like staying in the moment and and putting those positive thoughts into your head mm-hmm. um yeah it just eliminates that doubt right good know? good so. <laughs> excellent
1: awesome so you're going to be coming back to Virginia Tech for a fifth year for mm-hmm. the COVID uh se- lost COVID season yeah. Uh, You're excited excited. about that? I'm so excited about that. (laughs) Well, good. Well, that might help me with you answering the next question. What are your uh, goals as a golfer uh, for next year, your individual goals?
0: Right. Um, So I'm just going to get as good as I can get, really, from all the resources that I have at Virginia Tech. Um, That's why I'm so excited is because Virginia Tech has given me so much so far. Uh And to be able to stay there longer – and just learn from as many people as I can and train and um, be with my team and play in those college tournaments as much as possible will really um, prepare me for the next step, which I really want to continue with golf as long as possible.
1: Right. We'll get to that here shortly. Yeah. Uh, To piggyback on that uh, last question, Mm -hmm. and this is something that kind of interests me uh, insofar as being that individual golfer but yet part of a team Mm -hmm. um how will you approach this season as a teammate
0: as a teammate yeah so being a teammate is really important to me Mm -hmm. because um there are times where you can get very focused on yourself and because you're like oh well you know i can't control what my teammates are doing so i gotta just focus on myself like right but in actuality like there's um, energy between you and your teammates. Uh-huh. And even though you might not see each other that much while you're in the round, you can, you're, we're in line with each other like once on one, two, three, right. four, you know. And so really, I, I like to emphasize with my teammates, okay, we're going to wave back to each other and we're going to huddle before we go play and we're going to um, have team get togethers and stuff because if we can make each other better like just in practice and have that support system for uh-huh. each other we can really just catapult each and every one of us did, did, and be stronger together
1: did you did you start doing that on your own as a leader on the team like hey let's talk hey let's wave to each other or, um, or is that something that kind of has always been part it's of been the program? Kind of a tradition on a the tradition team. Okay. Um,
0: but just i'm really trying to uphold those like standards with the team, um, because I think there's times where we've had tournaments where um, we're all just so into our own little worlds and mm-hmm. we're just disconnected. Um, but the more we can share with each other what we're going through, and we can be like, oh, I realized the same thing, or right. I'm, I am struggle with that too. Or, kind yeah. of talking
1: and end up talking it out yeah. with, with, with one another and helping or, each other yeah, out. On,
0: hole five, how did you play that hole? That was that's an interesting hole like let's talk about that um and the coaches really emphasize that as well um so the next season I think we're really going to lean into that more because we realize the benefits of it okay and talking more as a team during the event going over the yardage books together and just really if we have those relationships with each other we can um, lean on each other to just improve everybody and it and it's weird like you said because we're also on an individual leaderboard right and there's sometimes there's people that we have to leave home that don't get to travel but um, I, I believe that if everybody gets along and everybody feels like they're supported then Um, the rest will take care of itself. It's just
1: going to make for a whole better team (laughs) all all the way around. Yeah, and we're
0: we're here to have a good time as well. Like, we want to make it fun. um, Or people get burnt out or people, you know, get too stressed out, and that doesn't help. So, I I think – I'm really looking forward to try and be the best teammate I can
1: I Oh, can good, be. good. So. <laughs> well, excellent. Well, good luck to you. Good luck Thank to you, you. definitely. I'll be, uh, I'll be keeping an eye out and giving updates. Uh, since you've been on the show, I like to kind of give updates for awesome. some, of the, uh, some of the players and PGA pros and what they're going on. And then, so I'll try to uh, keep in touch with uh, you and uh, keep you on the show. <laughs> One last question I have for you before we move on is, uh, have you made any decision up, decisions about your plans after Virginia Tech?
0: So, um, it's a little difficult when it comes to academics and athletics. Um, but, cause I have I have passions in, in both. I have I'm studying neuroscience, so I have a clinical neuroscience degree that I'm working towards.
1: Sounds really boring. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's it keeps me on my toes. Yeah, I sure um, it does. But and so I'm I'm really interested in neuroscience okay. and like I have a passion for that. Um but I, since a young age, I've been on the golf course, uh-huh. and I just feel like I have potential that you know I, I need to work on, and so I really just want to see how far golf can take me before I pursue the the other side. Right. Are you um,
1: planning on going to Q School and, yes. and uh, pursuing different tournaments throughout the country?
0: Yes. So once I finish my fifth year, uh-huh. um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do Q School okay. and see what that.
1: And Q School um, is me. just to remind our, our listeners what Q School is.
0: Yeah. It's the qualifying school for the LPGA tour, Epson tour. Right. Um, Jessica so like
1: Spicer touched on that when yeah. when she was on the show. Um, and yeah,
0: I don't so. know if, she, if if she's gonna do it. Um I think she was planning on it. Yeah, she has planned yeah. this summer, I think. Yeah, I yeah. talked to her I talked to her a couple weeks awesome. ago. Yeah. Cool. So that's, that's good to hear. Yeah. Um
1: and then maybe you two could <laughs> team back up. I know you guys were teammates. You two were Definitely. teammates at, at tech. So maybe yeah. you could team up and uh, work off each other and both get in the LPG. Exactly.
0: Right? That would be so cool to at least um, work on that together and share those experiences. Sure. Um But I'll, I'll be the next year. And yeah, so depending on, there's three stages to Q School. Uh-huh. And depending on how far you get, is what status you have either on the mini tour the actual pga tour right um
1: i think personally speaking after talking to you you've already kind of worked that mental process in your head of your goals and what you want to reach Mm -hmm. um and i think you're going to do really really well uh in the future i look forward to having you you back on the show
0: thank you yeah i'm gonna work hard and and see how it goes
1: (laughs) awesome well thank you very much uh, I very, really appreciate uh, you sharing your golfer journey with us, Becca. Um, it's been an interesting interesting conversation.
0: Yeah, thanks for listening.
1: Um, <clears throat> I have a portion of the show I call The Short Game, okay. where we cover the BYOF, the golf language lesson, as well as my newest portion of The Short Game, the No Handicap Zone. Are you ready to move on over to The Short Game? I'm ready. All right, she's ready. <laughs> All right, Becca and I will take a short break. We'll be right back with this round 27 of The Short Game on Nick's Golf Guy Podcast. Welcome to this round 27 of Nick's Golf Guy Podcast, The Short Game, with my very special guest, Virginia Tech lady golfer, Becca D'Annunzio. Becca, one question I ask all of my guests on The Short Game is, if you were to BYOF, which is build your own foursome, with any persons, dead or alive, they do not have to be a golfer, who would you choose?
0: I would say Tiger Woods. Okay, yeah. Tiger. <laughs> Payne Stewart. Payne.
1: Oh, going back. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay.
0: That's and, impressive. Um, I also want a, a lady. Uh, uh, let's do Annika Sorenstam. Annika. Okay, yeah.
1: good, good. Oh, that's a solid foursome. <laughs> that is a That'd solid foursome. That would be so foursome. exciting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And uh, what course would you would you choose? Any course in the world?
0: Any course in the world.
1: Any course in the world with you, Annika, (laughs) Tiger, and that's so
0: funny. See, the first thing that comes to mind would be like the Pete Dye River Course, Virginia Tech. Really? See see what they would think about it, like
1: (laughs) going to your home course, taking them home, uh, taking them to the home course.
0: Yeah, but I mean that that would be so fun to have them like just at home, you know. And but I'm trying to think of like a destination course Uh, that would be like like Tory Pines or something okay. would be amazing. I've never played it, but okay. it sounds like incredible. So, <laughs>
1: Excellent. Okay, Becca, a solid foursome. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and leave it at your home course okay. right now because that was your first choice. Yes, so.
0: let's do that. All right, all
1: right, great. <laughs> okay, uh, Becca, let's move on to the golf language lesson. Okay. I have created the golf language lesson to help my fellow average golfers improve their golfer vocabulary. I have selected three words for my golf language dictionary. These words can be slang terms or actual (laughs) definitive golf terms. Okay. I will read you the word and you will have to tell us what the word means. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. (laughs) The first term in the golf language lesson is valleys. Valleys.
0: Valleys.
1: I'll give you a hint. Think putting.
0: Valleys and putting? Uh Hmm. To me, I think of, like, just, like, the metaphorical valley. (laughs) Like, I'm just such in a valley right now. Like, (laughs) I I just, everything is lipping out. I can't read it.
1: Okay. Close, (laughs) kind of, but not really.
0: Is it, like, actual valley in the green?
1: It's a slang term referring to relatively flat areas between the mounds on a green with sharp undulations.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, it's the the flat part. You know, in the the middle of of the two. Okay. Like, you know.
1: Like, all right. That's all right. okay. You're you're open okay. one, but okay. It, you're not done yet. You're a hokey. <laughs> all right. The second term in the golf language lesson is lumberjack. Lumberjack.
0: A lumberjack? Yeah. Is that when you just hit the trees all the time?
1: <laughs> 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 ding ding, you got it. Awesome. When a golfer hits a ball into the woods among the trees several times during a round and particularly when they continue to hit more more trees trying to escape the wooded area they are considered a lumberjack.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, yeah sometimes I, we we've said that to our teammates before. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially yeah.
1: if you if you OB you might find yourself lumberjacking your way uh, out. Yeah,
0: there. especially if you hit a shot and you hear bark and you're like
1: <laughs>
0: lumberjack over here! <laughs>
1: All right, that's great. All right, and the third term for the golf language lesson is mouth wedge. What is a mouth wedge? Think hard. A
0: mouth wedge?
1: Think hard. What would a mouth wedge be on the course?
0: I guess maybe when somebody is just. Trash talking, like using their their mouth more than their clubs. You
1: are, you are. <laughs> cor- I'm going to give it to you. You are absolutely correct. All right. <laughs> Two for three on the golf language lesson. Mouth wedge. Sometimes amateur golfers will try to gain an edge by intentionally needle- needling or annoying other players in their group with excessive talking. That will affect the <laughs> other players' play. The golfer will earn the tag of Mister Mouth Wedge. So, I like it. Good yeah. job. Two for three.
0: That's, def- that's definitely a club in some people's um, and Th- some people's back. bag. Right?
1: <laughs> 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 okay. So now, um, Becca, this is a first for Nick's Golf Guy podcast. Uh, I am, we're now ha- entering the no handicap zone. Okay. Okay. Um, now we're on to the no handicap zone where I will ask you three non-golf related questions about yourself. Are you ready? Okay.
0: I'm ready. Okay, great.
1: If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Hawaii. Oh, okay. You've been there. Yeah, I've heard that <laughs> Somewhere,
0: one Somewhere a little tropical, like warm.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, yeah.
1: Hawaii would be it, Somewhere
0: huh? where I can play golf year-round.
1: <laughs> I, I love that answer. All right, and uh, the second question of the No Handicap Zone is, what are you not good at?
0: What am I not good at? There's a lot of things <laughs> I am not good at. Pick, pick the one that you're really not um, good at.
1: I should put really in front of that.
0: I'm really not good at at physics.
1: Physics. Uh, physics. <laughs> physics hurt me,
0: and in, in college, uh-huh. uh, I just had to pass. Right. You're, um.
1: <laughs> you had to pass one class, or
0: I, I had to take two semesters. Oh, okay. But not good at physics. Not good that. at physics. Um. I
1: think I could join you in that boat.
0: I'm not good at contact sports. Okay. I usually try and like i don't like the aggression Uh so that's why i I play golf okay good i i I don't i won't when i was a kid i i tried soccer i tried bat, you know those other sports Uh and i would not run after that
1: ball (laughs) like if
0: somebody was going for it, i was like you can have it all yours
1: (laughs) all right and the third and final question of the no handicap zone is what is one thing that people are generally surprised to find about you
0: hmm um, people. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind are surprised that I'm left-handed because I play golf right-handed.
1: Oh, really? So
0: that's just a fun fact. Interesting.
1: <laughs> Interesting. So when you're in the classroom, you're riding with your. I'll left do hand,
0: everything left-handed except for play golf.
1: Why is that? How did that? How did that happen? I, I, I'm out of curiosity. Did I, it just kind of morph itself into being a right-handed golfer? Or
0: did yeah, it- I think just because I got. Because I was so young when I first got my set of clubs, um, we didn't really think of getting a left-handed set, or my parents didn't. But whatever was easiest, like we—I think my parents only knew like right-handed golfers. So uh uh-huh. that's, th- th- kinda... that's like the easiest way to to learn, uh-huh. I guess they thought. <laughs> simple, I just let's just do right-handed. But I mean, it's actually interesting because I get to lead with my left hand, so. I don't know. It's people are always shocked They're like, "What? You don't play lefty?" Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's interesting. Okay, good. Good. Well, uh Becky, I really want to thank you for coming on uh Nick's Golf Guy podcast and sharing your thank golfer you for journey with us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh hopefully uh sometime in the near future we can sit down again and kind of uh hash over what's uh going on uh, in your future rounds of uh absolutely. of your career.
0: Absolutely. I look forward to it. All right. Fantastic. Thank well, you. thanks again
1: for coming on. Thanks for having me. Okay. Merry <laughs> Christmas. Happy holidays Christmas. to you. Merry
0: Christmas.
1: This is after the round here on Nick's Golf Guy podcast. I want to thank Becca De Nunzio for coming on the show and sharing her golfer journey with us. Next up on Nick's Golf Guy podcast, I will be sitting down with James Madison, lady golfer, Kendall Turner, to learn more about her golfer journey next week here on Nick's Golf Guy Podcast. A quick shout out to my listeners in the Empire State of New York. I want to thank you for listening. Please don't forget to follow. Speaking of following, you can follow Nick's Golf Guy Podcast on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Golf Guy Nick, for videos from my outings and interviews. That's going to be it for Nick's Golf Guy Podcast round 27. I want to thank you for listening. I'll be back next week with round 28. Until then, my fellow average golfers, tee times, tee offs, and better scores for a happy average golfer life.